when he was about four months old, I don't know what happened to me, but I had an epiphany. I had a vision and he was looking at me. Kids, you know, at that age, they were, they are following you with their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then it hit me here. I am thinking that uh, my voice doesn't matter or I'm too small or I'm not heard or I've been, you know, my light has been dim, but there is a little child treating me like I'm a goddess, seeing me <laughs> like I am his everything. Right. And I realized through him, I am something through him. I matter through him. I can make anything happen. So see myself, seeing myself as a Phoenix, right. I don't know what it is, but there's something about people becoming moms or becoming aunties. There is something that a child does with the people around them and it makes them feel empowered. Hey, queens. Yeah, you. You know who you are. God, come on. Go ahead and put that crown in your head. Now tilt a little to the left. Now a little to the right. Perfect. Now let's get to work. Because we know you got big goals. And you got big dreams and not afraid to let them know. Why? Because you step into your purpose. You speak out on your faith. And you shift up in your journey. Because you a boss. Welcome to the podcast. Drop the expiring act with your host, Belly of QueenBayGoals.com. Reminding you that you are a queen before anything else. It's your life and your goals. Make it royal. All right, y'all. Go ahead and work that crown. Hey, Queen Bays. Welcome to another episode of the Drop This Fire Night Podcast. Today we have with us Vivian Akua, who is a coach and an entrepreneur who's coming to stay with the podcast with us today. So can you give us a little bit of background about yourself, Vivian? Yes, yeah, so my name is Vivian Aqua, uh, born and raised in Amsterdam, and I'm currently residing in Amsterdam, the Ooh. Netherlands. Uh, yes, so we are all the way from the Netherlands. Um, let me make a short summary. So um, I have a finance background, I have an IT background, but the work that I'm doing right now is inspired by my son, who is just only seven. Um, I am an inclusive workplace wellness advocate, and my last name is indeed water, spelled, you know, written differently. But at the moment, right now, I'm putting out fires relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I want to educate people more, as in doing the prevention. We want to prevent those fires from happening. So it's inspired by my son because. During my pregnancy, I really had to deal with a huge bias that is a maternal wall bias. And I was bullied during my pregnancy, which could have ended in a very wrong way. But then again, I don't know if my son is Yoda or he's, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, he is, let's say, a Renaissance man with an old soul in him. But he has those moments for, from time to time where he's upholding a mirror and making me look, maybe making me wonder what can I do to make things better, right? Not only for him, but also for the people around him. So instead of changing him, instead of keeping him safe, I am trying to change the world around him so that we can all can become more inclusive. I love that. So you already took us into the whole theme of this season, um, <laughs> which is from Royally F to Royally Fair. So you already took us back to when you were Royally F. So take mm -hmm. us back to that moment for you. 
Yeah, that moment. Well, um, I started my career, let's say 20 years ago. So I'm giving my age away. I'm turning mm-hmm. uh, at the time of the podcast. I am 40. But by the time that you're listening, I'll be 41. So um, I started my career very early and ended up in finance, which is uh, something that I studied for, but realizing that all the time I was either the only black woman mm. or the only black person within the company. And I did not know and realize how painful it would be because it activated the imposter syndrome within me, but also it activated something else within me that if I was facing micro bias or whatever ism that's happening in the workplace and people, when I face certain challenges, right? People don't label, okay, now I am bullying you because racism or I'm bullying you because you're a woman or I'm bullying you because you're black or I'm bullying you because you're tall or I'm bullying you because whatever reason. So. I am assuming, right? We are all assuming, but the majority of the time is I faced a lot of isms in the workplace and it even impacted me to a phase where I wasn't almost alive anymore. So my son is my savior. My son is really my angel, but also through him, I am seeing things differently. And for me, it's also a very safe space to talk about my things from the mother's perspective, right? Because we don't want to open up Pandora's box. We also don't want to activate any trauma because it is traumatizing. I hope to one day to be at a place where I'm able at least to share to my son and other people to share more what happened to me. But at the time I'm using my mother's lens because that's the safe way for me to do that. Right. So tell us, how did you get out of that space? Mm-hmm. How did you move into this place that you are right now? Yeah. Um, yes. It started with me becoming pregnant. So ever since I became pregnant, I knew that one day, and I was hoping for my son to become a teen to activate the double parenting because I'm he's biracial. Mm-hmm. And being biracial doesn't exclude him from being bullied or being excluded just because of the color of his skin, but also realizing that I need to raise him as the black child that he is because people from the outside will see him as a black child and I will see him as my child. So knowing that it really hit me. Then at five weeks pregnant, I announced at a very small company, I was working for five managers at the time, they were all, all uh, co-founders. And I shared with them that I was pregnant, not sharing it even with my uh, family, not sharing it even with my friends or other people around me. I told my managers first at five weeks. Why? Because I wanted to prevent what happened to me. I wanted to prevent gossiping. I wanted to prevent them from not seeing me as the adequate person because I was dealing with something that is new and I don't know how my body or how myself would react to to the pregnancy. But instead of having uh, understanding, I was dehumanized. I was written off. I was bullied. And by the time that I was like six months pregnant, my midwife told me, if you don't stop what you're doing, I don't know what you're doing, but you are at the moment, you have a very high risk, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And if you don't stop what you're doing and, and de-stress or, or lower the stress right now, you might be losing your child. 
it might be impacting your chat. And then it hit me, right? And then it hit me like, I'm putting work first. <laughs> wow. I'm putting work first. I'm putting people first that don't even matter to me. And here I am risking something. So from the moment that the midwife told me, and also the moment that I became a mom, my child was born, I realized something impactful that when he was about four months old, I don't know what happened to me, but I had an epiphany. I had a vision and he was looking at me. Kids, you know, at that age, they were, they are following you with their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then it hit me here. I am thinking that uh, my voice doesn't matter or I'm too small or I'm not heard or I've been, you know, my light has been dim, but there is a little child treating me like I'm a goddess, seeing me <laughs> like I am, um, his everything right and I realized through him I am something through him I matter through him I can make anything happen so see myself seeing myself as a phoenix right I don't know what it is but there's something about people becoming moms or becoming aunties there is something that a child does with the people around them and it makes them feel empowered I understood what Beyonce was going through when she was saying I have my Sasha fears all in one now mm -hmm. I'm a mom so let's say that the inner lioness woke up and ever since I am listening you know he's at an age where he's annoying <laughs> but I also have to be honest kids have a way of asking real real to real questions and then it is like if a child can ask this question why are we as adults walking away or thinking that it's not there or keeping our eyes closed like there's no problem there? Right. Children, they're not blinded by those things. Mm, mm. Yeah. So tell us about the space that you're in now and the work that you do now. Mm hmm. So um, when I quit, when I, when I walked away from my job, I realized there is something that I love to do. So I've been in a consultants for 15 years as an IT slash as a finance consultant. And I've always loved engaging people or warming them up, being a cheerleader for the change that is coming, right? Because when you include the people, when you involve them and make them feel like they are part of the solution, not make them feel, but make them own it as well, it will then be received in a positive way majority of the time. It will then be like they came up with the idea that they are part of the solution. And that means also that the adoption of this new change is easier, but majority of the time, they are not doing it that way. So for me, I'm advocating for the moms. I'm advocating for people of color. I'm advocating for women in general. I'm advocating for so many people for the LGBT community because they need somebody to speak up. Not everybody has a voice or has the courage to speak up. And um, you might hear me, you might think I'm an extrovert, but I am an introvert, but because of what, you know, because of my son, because I'm literally bungee jumping out of my comfort zone, because I want him and his generation to at least have a better environment than what we are dealing right now, what we have dealt in the past. And it cannot be any longer. We are in 2021 and we are still advocating right. for equality. Come on. Right. How many years have passed? <clears throat> enough is enough 
So I am cutting the umbilical cord or cutting some kind of cord that is holding us back and, and making us go backwards instead of forwards. Definitely during uh, the lockdown, I noticed that people didn't matter anymore. It's all about the numbers. It's all about crunching, you know, the revenue. And I understand that companies need to save their departments or they need to save their revenue. But what do you do if you don't have any people left? Right. You have to think about the people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's amazing that what you're doing now. So tell us about this event that you have coming up. Yeah. So Amplify DEI, it's born out of um, simply a mom listening to her child. So um, here in the Netherlands, we do have racism, right? And whatever people may, may seem to think or how progressive you may think we are in the Netherlands or in Europe, there is racism. The only thing is that people point their fingers to the U.S. because in the U.S. it's displayed, you know, on a larger scale. But FYI, Europe has racism. Every continent has racism, just to give you that. But to realize that I had to explain to a six-year-old what happened to George Floyd, it made me cringe. So here in the Netherlands, they kept playing that snippet over and over again, no trigger warning, whatever. So wow. one time I was too late with the remote and he saw it and I could see from his face that he couldn't, he couldn't understand what was happening because here is an officer who is supposed to protect and serve and, and protect people. Even if they've done something bad, why is an officer kneeling on somebody's neck? So he had questions. Right. He went to his dad first, but then I realized his dad is white. I need to share my black perspective, but also need to make him simple because I don't want to traumatize him. How do you explain to a six-year-old about racism? What right. do you do? So for me, and I'm, I'm starting to get emotional because it's, it's, it's still, it's still, you know, it's still for me, it's, unthinkable about what happened and how it happened and how it was displayed internationally but then again I have to do that so I made it very simple and told him that George Floyd died because of the color of his skin and he took a moment and asked me the question is anybody going to hurt you mom right when you yeah. hear that question I felt like a bulldozer ran over me. I felt like I was stuck in quicksand because how do you recover? How do you answer, right? How do you make him feel in a way that he, you can assure him that you are okay, even though you know that you can't assure him that. So I told him that nobody's going to hurt mom. But then again, I realized that how am I going to do that? How am I going to keep him safe? But also what am I going to do? So um, a few days later, I noticed that Alexis Ohanian stepped down from Reddit as a way to answer his daughter uh, about his action. And I don't have, you know, uh, Alexis Ohanian's budget or Serena Williams' <laughs> right. budget, but I do have the same quest and the same power in me. Like I want to be able to tell my son 
your mom did something just because you asked that question and he doesn't even realize you know the the magnitude the impact he only knows that Amplify DEI is connected to him and that I was inspired by him, but he doesn't understand that through his question, I was able to activate my inner Phoenix, uh, inspire 69 people, international people from all over the world to join me in this movement and join me in this virtual summit that is called Amplify DEI. Why? We want to create a ripple effect. So uh, 900 people plus more than 900 people joined last year and this year the second edition I want to create a bigger ripple effect also this is the second time that you guys are joining that's amazing yeah yeah that's yeah amazing. the second time the second time that I'm bungee jumping out of my comfort <laughs> zone to do that and this time I did take on a little bit more speakers so instead <laughs> of 69 I am now at the moment almost reaching 100 but I'm safely saying 80 because sometimes people can drop out but at least i can say 80 speakers are joining on this summit and we are going to create a big impact for three days but keeping the content there for 12 months so that people can consume the content can consume the training but also they can activate their own dei journey right I love it. I love the work that you're doing. And I also want to say your son, he might be young now and may not understand it, but I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure when he gets older and he looks back at yeah. all these things, yeah. he already thinks you're amazing now, but he's going to be yeah. like, mom, wow. Yeah. Mom, that yeah. was an amazing thing that you yeah. did. So I yeah. love it. We need to listen to our kids from time to time, besides being annoying and having that age where <laughs> he is overactive and also during this lockdown, it's not the ideal it's not the ideal vacancy that moms or parents are taking upon us, especially becoming a teacher and an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But I learned a lot from him during this period as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. that's beautiful story. I love it. Thank you. So tell me, how can people find this Amplified DEI workshop? How can they get into it? Yeah. So Amplified DEI is almost live. We are launching on the 27th of September and it, and it ends until the 29th of September. Um, you can go to amplifydei.com or uh, look me up on, on, on LinkedIn or on Twitter, Vivian Aqua. And there you'll find all the speakers. And when I say to you that this summit is about showcasing the diversity so the majority of the time when I'm, I'm not I'm not hating on other summits right everybody have their own power mm -hmm. but what I do see at a lot of events is they are showcasing a lot of lack of diversity right. they are showcasing the lack of inclusion and the lack of equity so this summit I am the cheerleader for my my speakers right if I don't do that how can they engage the people. Also, I want to showcase my world of leadership, my way of leadership. So yes, I am biased towards women. I want to see more women and also more women of color on summit. So why not create it myself? Uh, there are white men on there or there are men on there, but I did that strategically, right? And also showcasing the inner wheel of diversity. So I have ageism checked. I have uh, ethnicity checked. I have um, the LGBTQ community is also well represented. Genders 
are represented, different genders are represented. So I'm not saying only male and female, no, different genders are represented. And also what about the people with special powers, right? Wow. Where are they? Well, they are at my summit. <laughs> I love that you're intentional about that as you were deciding on who would speak at the summit. I love that. I have to, because if I am not walking the talk and also providing the tools that my speakers need, then why am I doing this event? Right. I love that. That's amazing. So tell us where can they find you? Because you told us where we can find the summit, but where can we find Mm -hmm. you online? I am residing on LinkedIn, uh, on LinkedIn, (laughs) on Twitter, on Facebook, but the majority is on LinkedIn. I am the most active there and you can follow me or you can connect with me. Also know that from time to time I do do live shows, but because I'm doing Amplify DEI, which is a a business on its own right now, it's a magnitude, something that I just did out of inspiration of my son, not knowing where it would lead me. It's now leading me to a more, to much more defined road. And I'm glad to be able to do this year's edition as well. And hopefully going towards creating a legacy. That's amazing. I love it. So you guys, all the links will be down below so you can check it out. And so you can connect with her as well on LinkedIn. You'll find that information in the show notes below. And you know, we also like to leave the podcast with a quote and the guests are given a quote. So I'll share hers, which is when you know better, you do better by Maya Angelou. So tell Mm. us why that's a quote that you live by. Well, Maya Angelou is an all-time favorite when it comes to quotes, but I also believe that People cannot unlearn what they saw last year, right? Seeing so many Black people being being treated in an injustice way, but also people are dying from all this. I want you, now you know better, you have to step your game up and take an action. I'm not asking you to literally bungee jump the way that I am, but I want to challenge, I want you to challenge yourself. What can you do in the upcoming three months when it comes to amplifying DEI within your own comfort zone. So that may, maybe you, you can mentor somebody else, right? Somebody from an underrepresented group, or you can volunteer in a community, right? So find ways for you to accelerate your DEI journey because we need you. We need all of you. I love it. So that's a great note for us to leave on, guys. So make sure you check out the links below and make sure you come back and listen to another episode of the podcast. I'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to another episode of Drop the Aspiring Act. If you're looking for more information on this podcast and other episodes, please visit queenbaygoals.com. That's Q-U-E-E-N-B-A-E-G-O-A-L-S.com. All right, y'all. I'll see you in the next podcast.